So sometimes the songs we sing, the words, might be a, a little difficult to sing. And so that, the chorus of that, that in Him alone my soul is satisfied, just struck me. There are, there are many times where that's not true. Where I'm looking to something else to satisfy my soul. So there are times where as we sing we have to stop and pray. Be brought to repentance. Be reminded of God's goodness. And the reality of the truth is that in Christ alone our souls will be satisfied. In Christ alone and who He is and what He has done will truly satisfy our longings and our deepest desires. So the verse we're looking at from Lamentations echoes these realities. All Scripture points to Christ. The most minute place that talks about pulling a lost, uh, a lost animal out of a hole points to Christ. All of Scripture is breathed out by Him and intent on revealing and showing His work of grace on the cross. And that in Him is our eternal satisfaction for our sin and for the justice of God due our sin and our temporal, immediate, and lifetime satisfaction in Him is life and in no other. And so Lamentations 3, if you would, this is the last day of July for us. And so this is our last time in this verse. And so I hope you will commit it to memory. It will rest in your heart and the Word of God will direct you. And so if you would, recite it with me out loud. Uh, one time, and then we will pray according to it. So the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. His mercies never come to an end. His goodness never comes to an end. Prosperity, things that we would give our lives to and hope in, those come to an end. Help that someone would give to us, those come to an end. His mercies never end. His faithfulness never ceases. His goodness never goes away. He never is not faithful to His promise and His people. There is no other promise in this world that comes close. There is nothing else we can live for that comes close to who God is and the goodness of God for His people. So I hope, as I'm reminded from that last song and from this word of the goodness of God that would lead us to praise and glory Him as the one worthy of it. Father, I thank You, Lord. God, I thank You for Your goodness and Your grace. God, I thank you that your mercies, your love, your compassion, your faithfulness has no end. That you have promised to be with your people and the gates of hell will not, will not prevail against your kingdom. That no, no enemy, no, Lord, mass of people in rebellion to you will thwart your promises and your faithfulness. You will not fail. Your church, your people will not come to a conclusion. The conclusion will be the time of repentance will pass. And so, Father, recognizing the reality of what you've revealed in Scripture, that one day 
the trumpet will sound and the sun will come and he will take his people to be with him and the end will happen. Lord, we have not gotten there yet. Lord Jesus, you remain and you tarry. And so, Father, there is still hope given to us that we can come to saving faith in your son. God, I thank you for that. And Lord, I ask your help this morning that the reality of who you are would draw us into a place of repentance, that we would repent of those things that we have placed in front of you, those idols, those human-made idols that are false hopes and that will simply defraud us of true joy and satisfaction in life, that, God, we would put those aside. We would see them, identify them, and then be brought to a place of repentance to trust fully in your Son that, God, you, Lord, have provided redemption in him, that we can be restored and forgiven and healed and given life and see that your mercies never end in our lives now such that that sets us and joins us together that we would make your name known among others around us and so father would you help us god this morning to see you high and lifted up to be drawn to you and then to leave with the purpose that you have set your people here for to make you known to others the great mercy that we have seen in you that we would share with the world. So in Jesus' name I ask these things. In his name I pray. Amen. Well, church family, it is so good to, uh, to see you again, to be again with you in worship. Um, I've been so thankful for a busy and, and full summer, but I am also thankful that uh, Summer's beginning to wind down, and new uh, some new rhythms of, of ministry are before us. Uh, before the summer got away from us, though, I wanted to make sure that we took some time uh, with you uh, in a moment like this to be able to think about, uh, to share about, to reflect on, to kind of bring you as a church body up to speed on uh, what the Lord did among us as He graciously allowed us to go and to serve uh, the, the people of Guatemala, the children of Hope for Tomorrow, Children's Home, the staff uh, there at the home as well. So many of you uh, have been faithful to give. Uh, you have been so faithful to pray. Uh, and so it is a delight just to be able to take a few moments and to rejoice with you, to rejoice as a church body together um, of all that the Lord has done and is doing. Lord willing, uh, as the calendar turns into August next Sunday, we will resume our study in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 5, and so Lord willing, we'll find ourselves back there next week. But this morning, I want to share just a few things with you. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity to hear from some of the team members Uh, and the things that the Lord has laid on their heart to share, uh, a a video several minutes long uh, for you just to maybe get a sense of uh, the work there, an opportunity to begin praying toward next summer, uh, and how the Lord might continue to use us, to use you, uh, at Hope for Tomorrow again. But before we do all of that, I'm reminded of Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9, where John, called up in the Spirit, he sees this glorious picture in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 of people from every tribe, people from every language, people from every nation, 
are gathered there before the throne of God in eternity singing God's praises. We're reminded in that moment that the kingdom of God is greater. It is bigger than. It is more broad than merely our context here at Faith Family, here within the United States. The glory of God intends that He will gather the people of God from every tribe, every tongue, every people, every language. What must that moment be like? As I think about that moment as we go and we serve and we have opportunity to be around people from other tribes and tongues and nations, I'm reminded always of that Revelation 5-9 moment. And there's just something that stirs and there's a longing in my soul for, for Christ to come back, to hasten that moment when before the throne of God, those that He has saved for His glory from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation bow down before Him. In order for that moment to happen, we're reminded or taught previously in the New Testament in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 that faith, the faith in Christ that secures an eternity in heaven before the throne of God, that that faith comes by hearing. And by hearing what? By hearing the Word of Christ. It is God's pleasure to save His people from their sins by and through the preaching of His holy, inerrant, eternal, inspired, infallible Word. Therefore, church, it is the duty, it is the responsibility, and it is the privilege of every Christian in every church to get the Gospel to the nations so that men and women and boys and girls from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation hear the Gospel and are saved and gathered for eternity before the throne of God above. Missions. It is not for a certain group of people. Missions is not relegated to a certain class of Christian. Missions is the command of God for every Christian to proclaim the gospel unto salvation and to teach new believers the truths of the Bible in local, in national, and in global context so that God's glory would be known and God's kingdom would be advanced. There's a lot in that sentence, I know. And in the coming months, I hope, my plan, my desire, my longing is for us to unpack that, to think specifically about what is missions and what does that look like for faith family and where are we going to go and where is our money going to go and who are we going to support and what do those partnerships and relationships look like? But just for today, maybe that it would settle into our hearts and minds that missions, not just for a certain group of people that maybe go to Bible college or seminary and get a degree somehow in missions. Missions is not merely for those that sell everything that they own and move to a foreign land for the sake of the gospel. Missions, I think we see so clearly in Scripture, it's the command of God for every believer. That every one of us have a call on our lives to proclaim the gospel, to leverage our money, our resources, time, effort, and energy so that God's glory would be known. 
that disciples would be made, that churches would be planted, that people hear the gospel. Throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, we see that God often acts in the ways that He does so that nations would see Him and know Him. What did we just read earlier in Psalm 67? Verses 1 and 2, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine on us that, here's the reason why, that Your name, O God, may be known on the earth, Your saving power among all nations. God really does intend to act for your good because He loves you, because He cares about you. But then also what God intends on the back end of that is that others would see the way, they would hear from you the ways that God has blessed, that He has moved, that He has worked, that He has saved, that He has provided and sanctified and all the works of God, that people would see that in you and that His glory might be known on the earth. And then you make your way to the New Testament. Well-known passages like the Great Commission of Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Or in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. What we see here are clear directives. Clear commissions to the church, to the disciples to do what? To go out into the world. To disciple those that come to faith in Christ. To preach the Gospel and to make God's glory known. By the time you get to the book of Acts, the gospel you recall has, uh, that was sort of uh, confined, if you will, uh, largely to Jerusalem. What has happened by the time you get to the book of Acts? Well, persecution in a lot of ways has caused the apostles and others to spread out from Jerusalem in the second half of Acts. And they're going throughout the known world. And through the ministry of the apostles and through the ministry of faithful men and women, through the ministry of the church at large, the gospel is spreading. The great commission of Christ is being carried out. That directive of Acts chapter 1-8, you will be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. That's beginning to come to pass. And now for 2,000 years. Beloved, for as long as the Lord may tarry, the gospel will continue to go forth. God will save His people from their sins. And God will use you, His people, the church, to bring that about. If you have a Bible, just turn briefly to Acts 13. Acts 13, I want you to see a bit of a flow here. A bit of a flow. So here's what's happened. The Holy Spirit has come. The ministry of the apostles is in full swing. Paul and his story, you recall in those early chapters of Acts, Paul has been miraculously, graciously saved. And now we see Paul at the tip of the missionary spear, if you will. Paul taking very seriously the call of Christ to go out into the world and make the gospel known. In Acts chapter 13, you might recall that here Paul begins his first missionary journey. He and Barnabas will go on a journey. They will visit various towns, villages, and cities. They will preach the gospel. They will make the gospel known. But look how that journey begins At the church in Antioch, verse 1, and then look down to verse 2. At Antioch, while they were ministering to the Lord and 
fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Again, so much to think about, so much to develop when it comes to any local church's understanding of what missions is and what it's maybe not and how it should be carried out. But I want us to see just so briefly here in verses 2 and 3 that the Holy Spirit comes to the people at Antioch, calls them to set apart Barnabas and Saul for the work. They then, in verse 3, they fast. And they pray. They do not enter into missions flippantly, carelessly. They seek after the Lord's direction in fervent prayer. God, who would you have us to send? God, what would you have us do? Where would you have them go? And then entrusting them to the Lord. At the end of verse 3, they do what? They send them out. Church, in that we see, just, just briefly... That it is the great privilege and duty of responsibility of every local church to be sending out people to go into the harvest, whether that be across the streets or in this case across the world. That it is the duty and responsibility of every local church to again leverage money and time and resources so that people might be sent out. Listen, we gather to edify, we gather to build one another up, we gather to be equipped, but we do not stay within the confines of this building, right? Because the lost and dying world is where? It's out there. It's outside the doors. It's outside Hebrews 13. It's outside the gates. And the call in our lives is to go outside the gates. To bear the Reproach of Christ, if necessary, to make His glory known. Look down to chapter 14 of Acts, verses 25 to 27. The first missionary journey has come to a completion. And these final few verses here are sort of wrapping that up for us. Chapter 14, verse 25. When they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Italia. From there they sailed to Antioch, from which they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had accomplished. When they had arrived and gathered the church together, they began to report all things that God had done with them and how He had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. There's a conversation that takes place. There's a reporting, if you will, that takes place when Paul and Barnabas, maybe others that have been with them, as they come back to the church at Antioch, it's not merely, oh, hey, Paul and uh, Barnabas are back. No, let's, let's hear. What is the Lord doing? How is His glory being made known? What happened out there, Paul and Barnabas? There's a, a desire from Paul and Barnabas, the ones who were sent, to come back to their senders and say, hey, this is where God is at work. This is what God is doing. Can you imagine the celebration? Can you uh, imagine for uh, these, these maybe young Christians and young church there at Antioch hearing of how their efforts have spurred on the gospel? In large part, that's what we seek to do in just a moment. As you hear from brothers and sisters that you've sent, as they report back to you of what the Lord is doing 
And then look down just briefly, chapter 15, verse 36. This is a, really a whole other conversation and sermon for another day. But at the end of chapter 15, then moving into chapter 16, begins Paul's second missionary journey. And in verse 36 of chapter 15, we read this. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they are. What does Paul want to do? Paul wants to take another trip and he wants to go back to the places that they visited on their first journey. He wants to go back and disciple. He wants to go back and encourage. He wants to go back and teach and proclaim the gospel more. Paul's great desire, and then I think as you make your way through other parts of the New Testament, what we find is that there is a pattern that so often arises when it comes to the way that we approach missions in the life of the local church. And again, these are probably conversations for another day, but just briefly, we see that the idea is not merely, let's just kind of spin the globe every year and uh, at the right moment, kind of stop it with our finger and we land on Timbuktu. Yeah, let's go there this summer. We'll take some cool pictures and, uh, you know, do some cool things. And then next summer we come back and we spin the globe again and, you know, now we're off to South America somewhere. Listen, the Lord uses uses the gospel however whenever wherever through whomever it it goes out but again as we make our way through the new testament what we find is that there seems to be an emphasis on relationships and partnerships and discipling which takes longer periods of time when paul writes at the end of his life to timothy in second timothy chapter two he will tell timothy hey timothy the things that i've taught you i want you to teach them to others so that those people will then teach others also. And in that, we find a a, a blueprint, if you will, for ministry and for discipleship that involves sitting down with the same people, often in the same places over and over and over again, so that they might be built up, that they might be equipped, so that when we leave and go back to our homes in America, The work of discipling and gospel proclamation still goes on. It's not merely that we just paint some walls, but it's that we build relationships where discipling happens and where growth happens and where we have relationship with these people in these places that we're constantly speaking into and giving shape to and encouraging. They're encouraging us. And so, beloved, Going forward, my hope for us is that we will leverage our money and our resources to get the gospel to the nations, to disciple people where the gospel has been previously made known, that we will leverage our our monies uh, to support particular missionaries and particular missions emphases wherever God may lead us. My heart for us is to build relationships and partnerships that are mutually beneficial to the church body and to the work of the gospel around the world. Some 13, 14 years ago, uh, just a a long story made very, very short, I had the opportunity to first travel to Hope for Tomorrow in Guatemala City, and from that, 
a partnership was formed. God placed just such a burden on my heart, a desire on my heart um, for the plight of the, uh, the orphan uh, in time, the, the plight of those that, that serve there at Hope for Tomorrow. And the Lord was gracious over many years to allow that relationship to continue. I, I remember uh, just about this time uh, last year um, as I was being asked questions by the search team. Hey, when we think about missions, what are some things that you've done in the past and what are some things maybe that you can bring that we can be a part of here at Faith Family? And this was one of the very first things that popped into mind. Uh, a, a trip, a relationship with Hope for Tomorrow Children's Home in Guatemala City. One of my great hopes for this trip this summer, as we were preparing and leading up to it, one of my great hopes is that the Lord would begin where He had already stirred passions, that He would begin to fan them into a raging inferno. Maybe where passions had grown weak or dim, that He would begin to fan them into a flame. Passions and longings in us. Not merely to give, but to go. To send. To pray for particular efforts in particular places. And church family, it is a delight to be able to report and to say to you this morning that God answered that longing of my heart. God answered that prayer by doing far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Church family, God was so very kind and gracious over those days. You recall in Exodus chapter 13, 21, Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 8, uh, other places throughout the Old Testament as well, you see this language of God going before his people. And often we use that language, right? We pray that God would go before us, that he would lead the way, that he would do the work on the front end, that he would provide. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus promises what in the Great Commission? That I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. It was so fun to watch God go before us on this particular trip. The Lord went before us in really a, a multitude of ways. God provided people. Um, it's, it's hard to do a big mission trip when you don't have people, right? And so uh, there was a moment when, uh, kind of back in January, I just said, hey, we're going to have a meeting. If anybody even wants to think about going, would you, would you come to this meeting? And there were some 50, 60 people that showed up at this meeting. And I was a little overwhelmed thinking we might have a real problem on our hands. How do we get 50 to 60 people down to Guatemala? The Lord provided, though, a, a team of, of 34 people. The rest of you praying, giving, still very much being a part of all that. But 34 people, 33 from our church, one a uh, brother from uh, our former church in Kentucky was able to join us on this due to a, a set of circumstances. The Lord provided the people. God provided the funds. He provided those for us to go to serve. The Lord provided answers to potential obstacles that popped up as we were in the planning stage. The Lord was with us on the trip. Not just going before us and the prep work, but He was actually with us, causing this to be, honestly be one of the smoothest trips that I think I've ever taken in, in my life. 
And that's not an insignificant detail. As, as we go, as we get on airplanes and we go to foreign places to serve, we, we want those moments to go well so that we're not distracted, so that we don't get tied up in other things, not able to do the work that He's called us there to do. And so the Lord was with us in even just small things, like no major flight delays. The, the team that followed us going down to Guatemala Uh, Their flight um, was delayed a whole day. Uh, Their trip was cut short by a whole day. And no doubt that was under the sovereign hand and care of God, but I was really thankful that was not us. Uh, There was no sickness that, uh, that befell the team. There was unity of mind while there. He was with us in our fellowship. He was with us in working in our hearts. Sanctifying my heart, I think maybe others as well. Church family, you have great cause, great cause to be so proud of and to be so thankful for the team that represented God, the gospel, and faith family. There were no complaints. I don't, at least not outwardly. I never heard a single complaint when the work was hard, when the tools were scarce, when the showers were cold. No complaints. The students and the children that were on this trip, my goodness, guys, wherever you are across the building, hear me. I'm so thankful for you. I'm thankful for the ways you worked so hard and you just plugged right in and made it happen as though you had done it a thousand times before. There was much sweat. There was much hard work. Everyone hauled rock. They dug trenches They carried cement, they ran electrical wire, they cleaned and organized spaces for more future ministry. They cut and tied what probably felt like miles of rebar. Most importantly, they did the hard and necessary work of towing in all the bevel corners to bring stability and strength. They loved and they served the children. They taught the gospel. They sat on the floor, loved on kids. They sang the songs, and they sang them in Spanish, nonetheless. They played with, they were tender with, they loved and cared for the orphan. Just such a beautiful, beautiful, sweet time together. Listen, I want to give opportunity, though, for you to hear from a few of those folks uh, testimonies that the Lord has maybe placed on their heart. So, Team members, if you, uh, if you are sharing this morning, can you guys just kind of make your way down front? Maybe sit on these front pews. So follow Stephen. Thanks, Stephen, for being the leader here so we're not awkwardly looking at one another. So if you're going to share this morning, come on down. Sit on these pews. Stephen, why don't you go ahead and come on up, man. Uh, if you guys just will kind of follow Stephen one after the other. Here's the mic. Stephen, take it away. This thing working? Um, I wanted to start by sharing uh, or reading a, a passage, a familiar passage with you. So if you want to turn uh, with me to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, while you turn there, I want to tell you there's a lot you can learn about people when playing catchphrase. Um, David is intense, intense. I can't even, do we have video of it? I hope we have video. You deleted it. Okay, yeah, that's probably probably a good move. <laughs> this will be brief, um, but uh, yeah, read with me Acts chapter two, verses forty-two through forty-seven. 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Uh, So as I was thinking about what to share and and my experience uh, during this time uh, being on mission with the church, uh, this passage came to mind. And um, uh, if you notice here, the early church was characterized by four things. Um, The study of God's word, right? Uh, The fellowship with other believers, um, communion, sharing meals together, uh, and prayer. And uh, and lastly there, and whether they had a little or they had a lot, um, they shared all of their resources for the purpose of glorifying God together, right? And so this opportunity that we had in Guatemala uh, really, um, the opportunity we had to serve the people there of Guatemala was a reminder that the church is more. It's more than just a place where we go on Sundays, right? Uh, it's more than this building, that this, this is all going to pass away at some point. Uh, God's church is so, so much more. The church is God's children brought together by the power of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of glorifying him right? And so God's church extends beyond these walls, um, and the spirit that led you here, that led you to repentance and faith in Christ, uh, is the same spirit who is saving souls in Guatemala, right? Um, and so what, what struck me was just the, the, the global nature, the unity of God's people across other nations. Uh, and so whether you carried bags of gravel Uh, whether you spoke the gospel to children, uh, whether you bought a t-shirt, whether you um, said a prayer, whether you stayed behind and cared for children so that your spouse could go forward, um, no matter how you contributed, you are a part of what God is doing um, in the lives of those brothers and sisters in Guatemala. So I wanted to encourage you there. Um, it's easy for us to look at the latest headlines and become uh, discouraged, distressed about what's happening in the world, uh, but I'm here to tell you that God is still in the business of saving lives, right, um, transforming lives, and he's doing that in Guatemala too. Um, it's a country that has a corrupt gov- government, poverty everywhere, uh, but God is growing his church. He is saving people. Um, and so uh, I wanted to share just a, a quick personal note. So as, as, many as, as many of you know, I decided to take my entire family on this trip. Um, you know, that was a tough decision. <laughs> but we did it. Um, and so I had uh, all three of my children, my wife there. Uh, and I, so I wanted to, um, and I'm really glad we did. This experience was enriching. Um, my kids got to experience the unity of the church. It was amazing. Uh, to see that. Uh, I asked Eli, my six-year-old, what his favorite part of the mission trip 
He said, playing with the little kids. So, so um, playing with the little kids. Um, I remember he was worried that he wouldn't be able to communicate with the kids uh, because he doesn't speak Spanish. And it took all of about uh, 30 minutes to get over that. Um, not because God gave him the gift of tongues, uh, but uh, <laughs> because play and love are universal languages. Um, those kids may not have understand or understood everything we said, uh, but they heard the gospel and they felt the love of God. That's it. really nervous <laughs> so um just to say david thank you for coming in november and then putting a meeting out in january and not waiting a year to do this um it was wonderful so thank you for that um so i had the opportunity of leading pbs along um it was so much fun we had about 35 kids every day um, our theme for the week was God is good. RC would open up for us. Um, I hear you. <laughs> I was looking for you. <laughs> um, she would open up for us. She did such a wonderful job. Um, she spoke Spanish <laughs> to the kids every day um, and led the songs. Um, our songs were Empty Confio, I'm Trusting You. To Caro de Gracias, I want to say thank you. And Nuestro Bien Se, our good God. So it was just a wonderful time. Um, after we sang, the kids would break off in their groups, and they would go um, either with Jason and Jennifer to do rec, which they loved, or crafts with Brandy and her crew, um, or they would come to, to Bible time with me. And um, I had the privilege of leading the stories each day. Um, on day one, we talked about how the Israelites were slaves to the Egyptians. So when life is unfair, Dios es bueno. Day two, we talked about God sending the plagues on Egypt. So when life is scary, Dios es bueno. Day three, we talked about the Israelites entering the wilderness and how when life changes, Dios es bueno. Day four, we shared the gospel story about Jesus dying on the cross. So when life seems sad, Dios es bueno. Day five, we talked about the Israelites building a memorial to remember God's goodness. And it was just a really neat day because it was our last day with the kids. And um, we were all sad about not being with them. Um, and we were all telling them how we were going to um, miss them and how we were going to pray for them. And um, remembering God's goodness, what we had seen him do that week in each one of our lives. And what we know that he is continuing to do there. It was our, our stones of remembrance. Um, it was echoing that story of God 
is doing that in each one of our lives, in those kids' lives, how he means it all for good. When we are scared or when we are sad or when things change, when life isn't fair or when life is going good for us, God is good. Dios es bueno. And also just to add, because this trip meant so much to me, I've been on a couple mission trips, but this one was the first one with my church family. And it far outweighed the other trips because I grew so much closer to my brothers and my sisters in Christ. It was so encouraging every morning to wake up and study God's word and sing songs together every morning. And then to go out, we were, we were unified in Christ. We went out to love and to serve and be his hands and his feet. And I left there wanting to do the same thing back here in our own community with each one of y'all. So, Dios es bueno. <laughs> There's a lot of doubt for me before I went on this mission trip, whether I should go or not go, serve the Lord. So a bit of scripture came to me and comforted me, James 1, 23 through 25. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at their face in the mirror and after looking at himself, um, basically goes away and immediately forgets. What they, what they look like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law, Jesus Christ, that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. That scripture comforted me, pushed me, and my wife Courtney and the boys said, you should do this. And I did. And it was a very sanctifying moment for myself, being the new pastor, our brothers and sisters in Christ to go down there and serve. And uh, luckily, I was given the opportunity to also serve in a more managerial purpose down there. And I went with my team, and I said, hey, let's, let's come up with some teams, come up with some leaders, and let's, let's do the God's work down there. Let's, let's build and help this orphanage grow. So in Luke 18, 16, I, uh, I asked, I'm oh, sorry, not Luke 18, sorry. In, Col in Colossians 3.23, I asked my team, I said, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart, as if working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And I'm here to say, to testify that we did God's work. Whether we're digging ditches, with our fellows and their sons and your children and your, and your brothers and sisters down there to being on a hill carrying concrete and buckets and rocks down while listening to the laughter of children in the VBS and the building above us, the Lord was with us. The Spirit was with us, strengthened us, 
He fortified us, and, and the heart was with us as we were there. I'm ever so thankful for that moment. But on that hill as I'm looking at the workers, and if you can imagine the banisters above us, and the balcony is basically the, the top of the, the hill, and we're down below in this trench. I'm looking at uh, Jason Sly and the girls and the children and the boys who are working so hard. They're dancing, they're singing, and they're giving praise, and the Lord is fulfilling them. I can hear the children laughing above them, and I know that God is with us. And if that is just a glimpse, the glory that comes to us in the afterlife when we join our Lord and Savior in praising to God, we should hopefully all just be able to see that, that glory in, in our daily lives, not just down in Guatemala, but across the world. Like Stephen says, we are one church under Christ, we're serving him for us to take the step forward and go out there and serve is, is, is my, my greatest glory. And I hope that you all will join us next year, if you can, to go down there and serve. So to end, next spiel, <laughs> I can find it in my notes. <clears throat> and in Colossians three fifteen through 17, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since member of one body, you were called to peace and to be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you and richly as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. No, I'm not wise and not eloquent. The Lord always says it better than me. Thank you very much, church family, for allowing me to go. Thank you, Pastor David, for leading us down there. Thank you for all the brothers and sisters behind who gave us praise. Thank you very much. We know God is really good because they all went before me and like Stephen, I was going to talk about Acts 2, I was going to talk about Dios es bueno, so we can cut that out and uh, I, not really, um, I just kind of wanted to give you a glimpse into kind of the work the Lord did in my life personally. Um, my wife was pregnant when uh, David announced his trip and uh, when he announced it, she just looked at me and said, you and Ella are going. I was just, what, okay. I was kind of, you know, nervous, and um, events happened where, um, you know, she had a miscarriage, and after she was, uh, you know, done grieving, first thing she thought of, you think there's a spot on the mission trip? And I said, well, let me text David. So I texted him, and he said, yeah, we have spots available. So we were able to bring her and Lucy as well. And um, I did not want to go. Uh, I just didn't want to get out of my comfort zone. I was worried about food down there. I was worried about, you know, the conditions. And I was just, I didn't want to break myself out of, you know, my daily life, my comfort. And uh, Randall asked a question while we were there in, at uh, debrief one night. He said, if you're being honest, is there anybody who, you know, didn't want to come? And I was, yeah, that was me. I did not want to come at all. But I had, um, I've been reading scripture and I've been enjoying it for some time, but I just don't feel like I have applied it 
to my life for whatever reason. And through these last few months, working through things, you know, God has just revealed a lot to me through his word and through the body of Christ um, that has really just kind of started rekindling a, a flame inside me. And it was, um, and the other thing, Lindsay texted Jennifer and I and asked if we would lead rec, and I started asking a bunch of questions trying to get out of that. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that either. Um, because I wanted to go, I enjoy, I enjoy working, I enjoy serving with the guys, it's a good time of fellowship, um, we we'll always have a lot of fun together whenever we have work days around here, so I was looking for a way out, and I don't know who it was, I think it might have been Brad Brown, I told him, I said, yeah, I think, um, they've got me set up to lead rec, and I want to be working with the guys, and he was like, man, I'd love to be in there working with the staff and, and with those kids, and it just kind of, you know, made me think, like, man, that is a great opportunity that I have as a, as, a, as a man to go in there and spend time with the kids. And when we get there, there are no men inside. It is all ladies. And uh, the first day, I think it was the third group of kids that came out. Most of them just came out, and they were all a little standoffish of everybody. But the third group of kids, this one kid came out, and he just immediately went to my armpits and started tickling me. And then this little girl came up behind me, and she just started spanking me. And I was like, okay, all right, all right, this is good. Uh, that's not good, but we're going to change that. But I had so much fun with them, and just like Stephen said, love is universal language. I mean, I, I was worried about not speaking Spanish. Uh, hola, amigos, that's all I got on my trip. But I enjoyed spending time with the kids and for them to see a man. So the first night of debrief, I told David about it, and he, was, he just said, hey, any guy that wants to go up and serve, go on up because, you know, those kids and, and those, those ladies need to see men. And so as the, day, the next few days progressed, men would pop up and spend time with the kids. You know, Matt, there's video of him playing with the kids. And, and it was just, it was a sweet time uh, being there with the kids. But then I got to go in after lunch and, and work with the men. And it, and it was just, um, it, was, it was precious memories that I, I, I look forward to. And like now... Paul, we know why he longed to go back to all the missionary journeys that he, that where he was at, because there is a, there's a bond that's created and a love that, that the Holy Spirit produces in you that you just want, you long to go back and see these people. So, you know, I love vacations with my family. I do. But whenever he tells us we're booking this trip, that's the first trip we're going to book. And then secondary to that, we're going to book, you know, our own family vacation if, if we have, you know, funds or time available. Um, so I just wanted to encourage all of you, I, this is my first mission trip, so I didn't know what to expect, but now I do, and God just provides in every circumstance for every issue, and Anson probably needs to start his own company, um, he probably could do really well just making, doing things for us here at the church, and, uh, I'll go help him carry rocks or whatever he needs, because that's really all I was good at, but, uh, I just thank you guys, and, and we did, we, we, our hearts were knit together on that trip because of all the, the worship together and the time together, the breaking of bread together, as, as Acts 2 states. But also, I know a lot of us long to get back to you guys and see your faces again and be back together with y'all. So, uh, again, thank you guys for all your prayers and everything that you've uh, done for us while we were gone, and we love you.
so I brought Steve up here for two reasons. One is uh, I need somebody to hold a flashlight. This is what he did most of the trip. Uh, this is what we referred to affectionately to ourselves as Team Sparky in Guatemala. Uh, we were the electricians that you heard about. So uh, the other thing, I was, I'm planning to do this whole thing in Spanish, and I need a translator, so that's what Steve's going to do. I'm just kidding. Um, you can sit down now. We're good. I was kidding about the Spanish thing, but I'd spent many, many months learning Spanish through Duolingo. And I learned when I got to Guatemala, I don't know Spanish at all. Uh, so Steve, Steve's amazing in Spanish. We, most of my conversations were with him and someone else, him translating. Uh, so if you need somebody who speaks Spanish, he's pretty good. Um, I think, for one, uh, I was thinking a lot about this when David first asked about what we would share. And, I mean, honestly, we could probably do this every week and let different people do this. And I don't think we would even come close to touching what we got out of this uh, even before the next trip is coming up. So uh, the, it's, an, it's an overwhelming experience. I, I mean, it, there's so many things going through my head. A lot of the things that uh, were in my mind have been said already, and I'm going to go toward a certain other thing here. But um, one of the things David said earlier was, you know, uh, as we're doing these things, in Guatemala, there's a lot, of, like I didn't spend a lot of time in front of people sharing the gospel. Um, so sometimes you look like this it really wasn't worth it. Uh, you might have that feeling, but really it's about enabling others to share the gospel all year long. It's not about the mission trip uh, and, and what you're able to do uh, in that regard. I had a guy at work that asked me that question when I got back. Well, did you turn everybody into Christians? And I, well, no. I mean, that wasn't what I was doing. I was running electrical. Um, so Anyway, like I said, there's a lot you may think, like, I'm, not, I'm too timid to share verbally, I can't speak Spanish, whatever that is, but there's a lot of work that's going on behind the scenes that's enabling Kenneth and that ministry to, to, do the, to be Jesus to those people all year long. Um, for one, I'm not an electrician, and uh, that's scary for the people of Guatemala, but um, I've... <laughs> I have no schooling in electrical. I have, uh, my dad was a mechanical kind of guy. He didn't teach me anything electrical. Uh, most of what I've learned, I've learned from friends or from internet. And when we first started talking about going to Mala, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be carrying some rocks and those kinds of things. There's not a box plant down there that I'm going to be leading. That's what I do in my life here. But um, when we started talking about the actual projects, it became clear that there's electrical work and there's nobody that knows how to do any electrical work so uh, Steve and I had maybe the most experience piddling around at home uh, doing that kind of stuff so we quickly became the two uh, experts and spent the whole week literally rewiring the entire basement of their facility uh, fixing some things that had been done wrong and running new electrical for other uh, other rooms that they needed and as I, I said a lot of this to the group the last night we were there but We, God is is so much bigger than we sometimes than we all ever give him credit, uh, and his his timeline is so much different than we ever give him credit. Um, like I said, I had no reason to be doing electrical. Thankfully, there's no code in Guatemala apparently. Um, but the you know I was thinking back over my life, and 
I've heard stories of missionaries and things that where stuff like this happened, but God is working things together a long, long time ago. He's not just making it, you know, like right now. He's preparing you all along the way to to do the things that he's prepared you for. Ephesians uh, 2, 8 through 10, you know, the first part talks about how it's all God's work so that we don't boast, but the second part says he's prepared us for good works that he worked out beforehand. So he didn't just come up one day and say, hey, I'm going to do this. The, all these things were being worked out many, many years ago. And so for me, I mean, he's, I, I was thinking back over this about how awesome he is that I had no reason to be running electrical down there. And, and some time ago, he put it in my mind and other, I'm cheap. That's one of the reasons I'm good at electrical now. Do my own at home. Um, but he put it in my mind to learn those things so that then I could help enable this ministry to do things they needed to do. Um, you know, God's timeline is different than ours. I said he's, his, a thousand years to him is, is a day to, uh, to us is a, a year to him, a day to him, excuse me. Um, but I started thinking about, and I, some of these things I didn't even know until we got back home and I was looking at pictures because we spent all of our time really in the basement and then experiencing things outside of that uh, at night with the group. But uh, There's a lot of little things. Uh, Jason's uh, really good at dancing, um, and that was used. Believe it or not, that was used. Uh, Anna Lee can do balloon animals, uh, and I'm going to leave off some if I, when I do this, but Anson is spectacular at managing projects and doing just about anything. Uh, some people are gifted at crafts. Some people are gifted at coordinating sports. Um, Ski, Steve's gifted at holding a flashlight. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but I, I say that, you know, we joked about it at the beginning, but really, honestly, it, he's a lot more gifted at things than, than he gives himself credit. He, sa he says he held a flashlight. But there were so many times that he, if I hadn't had him with me, I would have done something stupid. He was able to be a sounding board a lot of times, even in that regard. But... And then uh, one particular individual I won't embarrass uh, can make a noise like a dolphin, and that turned out to be pretty cool uh, with the kids. And but my point is, there's a lot of things that you're skilled at that you may think are not really that much of a skill, but God can use those things. And like it's right now, He's doing things that maybe 20 years from now He's going to use uh, in your life, especially for you young folks. And I just wanted to encourage you, like, don't feel like there's nothing I can do. If you can hug a kid, if you can uh, carry a bucket of rocks, some of some people are carrying rocks, a bucket of rocks as big as they are. So um, don't underestimate what God can do if you give yourself to Him and let Him use you. That's mainly what I encourage everyone. Is there anybody else? I know I'm keeping you guys from lunch, so it'll be fast, but also we have those that are with the children right now. Um, I also want to publicly thank you, Pastor David, um, even for your prayer to fan flame, and Lord <laughs> answered that prayer. Um, I already considered myself a burning one for the Lord, um, but God just answered so many prayers, just even going to that trip. Some of you guys have already known part of our story in the Miller family of how many times we've tried to go overseas for mission trips. That's why I found it funny that the Lord only allowed half of us to go <laughs> so that we don't have that mindset of only super Christians go. It's as was shared earlier is you just need a willing heart. Um, this morning in Sunday school, the girls, we read Mark 8 when Jesus was able to feed the many 
crowd who looked at them with compassion, and he was able to feed them the loaves of bread and still have leftovers. And as we were talking about who God was, they were able to point out God is also concerned with our physical needs, not just our spiritual. And he's also concerned, and the way he does that is through vessels. He uses us. We get to do that. Um, it kind of reminds me of a, when we were traveling, one of the cute little moments I have. And I do take a lot of photos because those are my stones of memorial um, because I can't write as much when I'm there. But one of the, the photos I didn't take but I took in my mind that I'll never forget is when we, were, um, when we arrived um, in Guatemala in the aircraft. There was, um, I think... Um, Mr. Stephen, I think we were going somewhere. Mr. Stephen was trying to help Eli. Eli was adorable. He was just like, uh, uh, trying to hit it and trying to close the, cap, you know, the cabinet above the the seat. And he was trying and kept trying. And Mr. Steve was so patient, you know, and he just was watching him do it. And then finally, at one point, Mr. Stephen, he had his hand up like this, and he put it up and he closed it just as Eli was closing it. And Eli was like, yes, yes, I did it. And uh, I was thinking God was like, that's what it's like for you. It says in First Peter, and this is something that I'll never forget, Michelle, um, I don't even know if Michelle Boyd is here, but Michelle is someone that I'll always remember. She taught me First Peter 4.11, whoever is to speak is to speak the utterances of God, and whoever is to serve is to serve in the strength that God provides, so that in all things God is glorified through Jesus Christ. And that's what I saw there, was Christ was glorified. I saw Christ in my members of my church family, from the youngest one like Eli, to the oldest, who we will not say who that is. But I also saw it in the Guatemalan staff. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are a variety of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of the healing by the one Spirit, and to another effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another distinguishing of spirits, and to various kinds of tongues and other interpretations of tongues, but one and same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And that is what we got to see. One body, not just here, what we, the Alabama team, but the team in Guatemala. My perspective was a little bit different in that we are in full-time ministry. All of us are in full-time ministry, but it's a little bit easier for us to know that we're in full-time ministry because we're in full-time ministry with under his wings. So it's a, that's, that's our life. It's, it's, that's our life. So... It was good to experience what we have experienced as a family in ministry because we could minister to those there in that same way. The God all, all comfort who comforts us in our very needs so that we too can 
extend that same comfort. And that's the other thing I saw. It was, yes, I'm so thankful we got to share the gospel with these little children and for them to recognize you and come up and say, Dios es bueno, because to say that when they see me, they're, they're saying, oh, that's that woman who keeps saying that God is good. Wow, what a great reputation, right? But these staff members that are there and they're sacrificing, and yes, they're, they're obeying the Lord, but it's not easy. And a couple of times I've shared this scripture, John, Luke 18, 28 through 29, Peter said, behold, we have left our own homes and followed you. And he said to them, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brother or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many times as much as this time in the age and eternal life. That scripture right there is so encouraging. And it was the relationships that we built there that we still get to take. As much as we don't like technology, at least I don't like technology as much. However, God can use it. So through Facebook, there is one of the staff members there that I've been able to continue to communicate with. And she was saying that she knows it was God's will to have us go there. Because it says in the Bible, in Hebrews, it says, um, see to it that there's no, no root of bitterness springing up defiling many. It also says, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble so the body won't put out a joint. They're in the front lines there in Guatemala. They're weary sometimes. To see us and come in, it was such a stirring for them to stir one another on to love and good deeds. And we weren't even really trying to do it, right? We were just doing what we do. We were shining the light. But that fueled them so much and encouraged them. And I was so happy to hear when Lindsay was saying that it encouraged her to do that same thing here. Because that's what I said one of the nights is I said, I am so excited and pumped up for Wednesday nights. Because our pastor led and said, all hands on deck. And I'm like, yeah, all hands on deck. And I'm so excited that we get to serve our own community or our own children here in Spanish Fort all hands on deck. That same experience we had in Guatemala with these children, we get to do here. There's no compartmentalization. There's no different because it's one spirit. And so I do thank every single one of you for praying, for paying, <laughs> and for believing and for trusting and encouraging us. I thank you for the spouses like my husband that stayed behind. But it is something we all need to do is be content in the role that God has given us. Sometimes we are the ones who go and sometimes we're not. But I just, I just go away encouraged by the fact that we did have our hearts knitted together in love, not just within our own church here at Faith Family Fellowship, but there in Guatemala. I know the, uh, the hour is a bit late. If you needed to slip out at this point, I would understand. But here's a video of the, uh, the, week, the week behind for you to enjoy. Your kingdom here, let the darkness fear. Show your mighty hand, heal our streets and land. Set your church on fire, win this nation. Change the atmosphere 
have to Good news for the shame There is good news for the world who walked away There is good news for the doubter The one religion failed For the good Lord has come to seek and save He's our Sad. 
some of these people have way too much time on their hands, just standing around pointing uh, all the time. Hey, let's do this. Let's pray. Uh, I want us to pray for hope for tomorrow. I want us to pray for our church. Uh, We'll pray for our offering that we're about to receive as well. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for, um, God, that you delight to use your people. God, you delight to equip us. God, you delight your kingdom. Let that begin here, God, in our ministry that you've entrusted to us. And God, let that spill out wherever you would lead across the world. God, we pray for hope for tomorrow. God, we pray for Kenneth, for the staff, for every precious child. God, thank you for the ways that they image you. God, thank you for the hope of the gospel. God, that tells us that you're going to right every wrong. God, you're going to make it all new again. And God, that there will come a day when there will never be another orphan again. God, until that day, help us to serve you, to advance the gospel. God, help us to give like eternity depends on it. God, even now as we do that as a church body by way of worship, God, we pray that you would take the money given, provide for our needs, and God, provide for the need to take the gospel to the nations. Through Christ that we pray all these things. Amen.